So last week, if you all, those of you that were here last week, remember that, that Barry, the guy that shared last week, he shared about aiming to please him, aiming to please God. And this is part of what the daily lives is as well, part of what was shared now, is aiming to please him. And what actually, what was great when he used that word focus, which, which is the four, six things, the five things we need to do, is to this faith, obedience, commitment, to be unstained, and we'll talk about a bit of the unstained now as well, and then submission. So that was the things, the word focus spells that. So if you can't remember, that spell that word focus, but we need to aim, that's what we hear on a daily basis, every day, every sun, not every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day of our lives, we're here to please Him. We're not here for ourselves. Fortunately, and luckily. Yeah, so this week, uh, as said, I want to just look at the bride of Christ. I think a lot of people, uh, there's, there's a lot that we can get out of that, and specifically at the characteristics of the bride of Christ. Because that's, we are the bride of Christ. I don't know if you know that. Maybe you don't know it, but I think all of you know that we are the bride of Christ. So that's just a, an amazing thing. And, and it's being called, we've been called to be a sold out bride for Jesus. And we'll, go, but we'll get to that. Now, Omar, can you put on that picture, please? So this is a third picture. This is, uh, if you guys can see on that side, but the theme about a pure and stainless bride. Focusing on, on a God. So this is what we will try to get through, and I believe the Holy Spirit will, will help me to just share his heart with that this morning. Okay, so uh, another thing, something that I've, that I've read in this preparation as well is, is God has chosen the bride for his son before the world was formed. We sometimes think it only happened later. Maybe when Jesus came, that's when he decided. But actually right from the beginning, before we were created, God created us. To be the bride for his son. I think that, that blew me away when I heard it. So it's actually a plan coming from there. And although Satan came and, and there's a lot of other things happened in between, from there he started to, to derail that plan of the bride of Jesus Christ. To, for us to bride. When, when sin came in Genesis 3.15, when, when that happened, the Satan was trying to derail the marriage at the end of the day of the bride of Christ. There's another, it's just amazing. So, so the Father chose us. And if you can maybe look at Ephesians 1 4. See, for he chose us in him, in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in the sight of love. In love. So, just want to share that because that backs up what we say. So, thank, you can put up that other picture again. Thank you. So, so, the Father chose us as a church already before the foundation. It was always God's plan. Uh, and the marriage between a husband and a wife. Uh, it's a true representation at the end of the day of that marriage at the end of the day that we, that's all of will be part of or we could be part of. Uh, and it could be soon. Uh, so if you look at Ephesians 5, 22 to 27, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. I'm not focusing on this part now, but just to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the, the wife and the Christ is the, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word. And present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is a part I want to focus on. This is also, as I said in Ephesians, where, where this is said, this is... 
the way we, uh, this is the way the relationship between God and his bride, that's, that's being explained there. And then that's the reason why marriage came. A lot of us maybe think that it was caused because man must not be alone. And it's not just because man must not be alone like in Genesis. It's because it must be a perfect match of example of what the, what the, what the end of the day, what's happening shortly when, when the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, will meet his bride. So this is the perfect example of that. And maybe now I want to ask you, you guys that's married here, is, if you look at that, uh, how do you as husbands, which now form, form the role of a husband, but you're also actually a bride, in the other sense of the word. But, but how do you, how do you this, how is this whole thing with the wife, husband, is this, is this really... Are your marriage that you're currently in reflecting this radiant, uh, the, the, the last verse that we said? You can maybe just you know, put it on there. Present yourself as a radiant church. Is, this, is your marriage with, between husband and wife, is it a radiant marriage where you can actually see Jesus moving in without staying wrinkled in other blemish? Holy. Just a thought maybe from this side here on that. Uh, and we can even go back, uh, and I want you to put on Isaiah 54.5 for me, please. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God, the whole earth he is called. So, so Israel's bride, Israel is the bride of Christ, and this is what is being said. God is the maker, he's the one there. Just some backing of what we're saying. So, so and then, up till then, uh, when Jesus, up till then, it was just a relationship. So God continued in the relationship with his bride right from the beginning when Adam and Eve was created. And then about 2000, but then when Jesus came to earth, the next part actually happened in this whole relationship. So initially it was just a relationship. And then when Jesus came in Matthew, and when he was crucified that whole period that he was on earth, that's when the next part of this wedding happened. It's not a wedding yet. And this is what happened with these two a while ago. Uh, the engagement part of the wedding. So when Jesus came in, in Matthew, that was the engagement with his bride. Uh, so a long period before that, and the reason for that was a lot of things that happened, people allowing sin into their lives, the bride getting unfaithful. If you look at what Israel did in the Old Testament, it was unfaithfulness happened here and there, and every time he needs to get back to his bride, and she's repent. Repent. And that's why he was so serious about Israel getting them and his, and, his, and his body there, the Jews, because that is his bride, part of his bride. So he wanted them pure, holy, stainless. And because of that, and, and said that that's the reason for that, so that long period, because that unfaithfulness that happened with the bride. And it's still continuing. But so that at that point in time when, uh, when Jesus came and actually gave his life, uh, at that point in time, that's when they, we see as the engagement came with his bride. And what happened if there's engagement? It's a lot of other things happening. It's working towards a marriage. And this is the next thing. So since Jesus came right through to whenever he's coming again, and I believe it's soon, the, that period is that period of engagement, which you need to think. And, 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 and we'll talk about how we need to be when we engage. We'll talk get to that now. So... Okay. And in that period as well, what happens is that, what, what Jesus said, I'm not going to read it, but in John 14, 1 to 3, he mentions that he says, go to heaven, back to heaven, of this death, go to prepare 
The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I just want to get to there. So if you look at this, they're talking about two types of people here, two types of, 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 of engaged virgins. The one is the one group had, had oil and had enough oil. They were prepared. The other group weren't prepared. They had a little bit, a little bit of oil maybe in there. Uh, they were not prepared. And uh, we were actually saying, Jesus said, we need to be prepared. So if you look at that, so if you look at this, let's focus a bit on the, on the foolish virgins. So they didn't have any oil. Uh, because a lot of the times, if you look at the foolish virgins, they like, they like to be what they call, this. almost like if you look at a church, you can see two types of people. The people that accept Jesus Christ as Lord and the people that's there for almost of all the traditional stuff. So if you look at virgins with no lamb, they've got lambs. And what happened if this virgin specifically with no oil? They took, actually took pride in the fact that I've got a lamp. I've got a lamp. So actually, I've got a lamp. And that, that's, they didn't worry about what's in the lamp. So they want to look good where they go to church or wherever they go. So, uh, so and, and what does a lamp without oil mean? What does a light bulb before, be, means before without being electricity? Or what does a torch mean without fire? Uh, so they are the form of holiness, form of godliness. So this is what happened with the bride, with the, with the people that's got, that's got this. It looks good, I've got this little lamp. It's a form of godliness. But the power is, not, is gone. There's no power. And we'll get to that one with the power. Oh. So, so people will want to, to wait or postpone to accept Jesus. So I think that's the thing that's almost there. Or just wait to that last minute before they accept Jesus. There's just almost people that don't have any oil in their lamps. Because they, they, they we'll explain to all the thing now. So very dangerous for us if we just want to sort of just live with a form of, of, of holiness, a form of godliness, and not be plucked in by the by with, with by through the Holy Spirit, we use our power. Okay, so you look at uh, and what happened as well, if you look at the same verse, just after that, the next verse actually says that, that the bridegroom can take it, the bridegroom can take time to be there. It's not to say he's going to just come. So if you look at uh, 2 Peter 3 verse 8 to 14, um, and we can just actually read there, it says, but don't forget, and this is just something to remember about the coming of the bridegroom. The coming of the bridegroom, uh, it could be any moment, and we'll see now why it could be any moment. So it says, uh, dear friends, with the Lord, the day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth, and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in that way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. They will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. So I just want to share with this, as part of this, this whole parable of, of the bride and the groom, is the bride, you can actually see it if you read that the bridegroom's coming was delayed. 
And with that delight coming, the five virgins all actually just got up. Okay, so that's uh, the problem there for them, as I said, because they were living and trying to it's just own works, a form of godliness. I want people want to see me that I'm at church, that I try to do the Ten Commandments, that I carry my Bible around or something. I've carried this. So that's, that, that's important of, to look at those five virgins. It was virgins with a form of godliness. So, they haven't, so there's, there's no real life in them. And we get, we don't need to go around, but there are people that, that have no relationship with Jesus. We're just a form of holiness. They want to see me that I'm going to church. They want to see that, I, that I'm doing this and this and this, but there's no real life in that. Jesus heart, and that's why I say, if you look at that whole thing about a day, that, that one day could be like a thousand years, a thousand years like one day. And if you look at that, and you want to take it almost phys- uh, physically just as it is there, then it could be that we're only in day three since Jesus left. Because as I said, it's, uh, it's 2,000 years since Jesus was on earth. If, if it's really for him, one day like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day, then we're actually now almost in a third day. Uh, you can actually take us back to a lot of things from Jesus being in a grave and all of that. Also on the third day he rose. Maybe on the third day he'll come and meet his bride. It's just uh, something to think about. So uh, the other thing, if you just can go back to, uh, sorry, go back to Matthew 25. And you can go to the verse 4 and 5 again. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I just want to get to verse 5. So I get to verse 5. It's fine. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. That's the other thing I just want to focus on. It's not just the five virgins that, that did that oil that fell asleep. We sometimes say, but the problem of these guys, these, these ten girls, whatever it is, that they, they fell asleep. And it's not the fact that they fell asleep that's a problem. Again, it's a problem that they didn't that oil. And the importance of thing, what I would just encourage you guys of, is that uh, sleep is not negative. I think that's the one thing I want to say. And I hope it's a good review who are here because a lot of people like sleep. But sleep in itself is not negative. Because uh, I'll tell you why. Because sleep is part of and sleep is part of our daily lives, normal lives. So uh, what are we doing on a daily basis? We work eat, sleep. That's normally what you do on a daily basis. Sometimes some people eat, work, and then sleep. Some people sleep, work, and then eat. doesn't matter. But all three of them, sleep is important in this whole thing. And why is sleep important? Uh, important thing about sleep is in, in this case, and I want to, uh, is the fact that we need to get enough sleep. Because if we don't get enough sleep, what will happen? We get tired, we can't focus, uh, etc., etc. So the sleeping part of things is important. So I need to, part of my daily life, I need to put in sleep. Uh, so it's not that sleep was the wrong one. The wrong one was here, the wrong thing was they didn't that oil. Because what happened, if you, for instance, sometimes we see also the whole thing about watching. So the Bible says, watch and see that Jesus is coming for his coming. That watch doesn't mean that I need to go and stand on a mountain or on a church uh, tower or wherever. And, what, and waiting to see when Jesus is coming. That's not what that watch means. That watch means be sober, be awake. And also refer back to, to 1 Thessalonians 5 for, for that. Uh, but what could happen if you don't sleep? How do you normally feel? If you don't sleep, 
a lot of you guys that were late up last night. The next morning you feel sluggish, you feel tired, you're not really on guard. So you're in some way, you're not really alert and focused. And this is what I want to get. So sleep is part of a daily routine of this bride that is preparing herself for the bridegroom. Why? Because if you don't sleep and you're tired, you're sluggish, you don't focus, what will happen that next morning? Attend that next morning. If you went late to bed because you want to watch and, and, and watch for Jesus, wait for Jesus, don't sleep. What will happen at 10 this morning? The devil's going to kick your ass. Sorry for that word. But he's going to kick you. He's going to kick you. He's going to be there and he's going to play, play tricks with you. That's what he's going to do. Because you're tired. You can't focus. You're not, you're not ready there. So, so he's going to play. He's going to say that's what's going to happen. Is that he's, uh, 10 this next morning, he'll nail you. To say it in pure English. Maybe better English. He's going to nail you. Because you're not alert ready, and maybe you even did, just to speak clearly to each other, we maybe did try to do our, our, our spend time with the Lord as well that morning early, but because he was tired, he didn't feel well, what happened? He couldn't really, really had a connecting time with him, and that's when the devil comes. So part of this is physical sleep is also important. It's important. So this is not what the Bible talks, we need to be awake. Awake here means be sober, we must be ready, spending time with Jesus so that we'll be ready when he comes. That's the important thing, that's what that means. Uh, yeah, alert, sober, vigilant, or vigilant. Uh, that's so that we can actually do what he's calling us to do. And if you've had a good night's sleep, just to labor on this a lot more, but if you've got a good night's sleep and you then try to spend time with Jesus... Isn't it a lot more effective? It's a lot more that you can actually see you connecting. And you can a lot more quality time that you can spend with him if you do that. So it's part of what we need to do. We can stay and watch TV late at night and not rugby. Once off a rugby game can happen now and then. But we don't. We can sometimes have our priorities wrong. That we'll watch TV till late night. And then the next morning, we're sluggish. And we can't really spend time, that quality time that we need to spend with the Lord. So that's just the important thing. Uh, so my question, basically one of the questions that I want to ask is, and this is a question that was asked of this virgins as well, is Jesus is coming for his bride. And are you ready? I just want to go a bit further on that. Is your oil in your lamp? Is he one of those that carry the lamp there just because it's, uh, everybody sees me, I'm going to church, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm uh, cake for the church, I'm doing this, and whatever. Whatever it could be, but at form, of godliness could be being a stumbling block in the day for you, which is a form of godliness. You don't feel like real life. Uh, so then let's look at what that oil means. You can go back to the picture of the oil. If you look at what that, what's the real difference of the oil, what's the meaning of the oil? The oil is the life through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings life. So brings so that's the, you can also represent, and also if you look at Scripture, that, that oil represents the Holy Spirit. So if you've got, if your lamp is filled with oil, you've got a relationship with God. You've got a relationship with Him. That's where He leads you. You've given your life to Him as Lord and Savior. You're living on a daily basis, connecting with Him, spending time with Him, increasing, you know, reading the Word, encouraging other people, praying for people. All of those things fill your oil of your lamp more so that you can, so that's, the, that's why that virgin's, at, for that extra oil, that's what, I, that's what the Holy Spirit actually giving me. 
so that they can focus and, and work on a daily basis, encouraging the rest of the body. So that's what we need to do. So, uh, and then you'll maybe, if you look at again at that verse, you don't need to go back, but you'll see in that verse, it's also said in, I think it's verse 7, it says that uh, the, the, the wise bride, the wise virgins actually asked the, 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 now the foolish ones asked the wise ones for oil. And now you think these wise ones are actually rude. Because they said, we can't give you if you're all going by. Have some of you thought that way in, in the past? I did. They, they really, like, why does she root? Just share. This is what we do as Christians. Isn't it that? But then if you understand this whole, and you go back to what it is, the reason why they couldn't actually give some of the extra oil to, to, of, of that virgins to the virgins that haven't that oil, it's impossible. And you hear me? You know that. It's impossible to borrow the Holy Spirit. I can't have the Holy Spirit in me and you can borrow it because you, you need it now. It's un- impossible. You can't borrow the Holy Spirit. You can't borrow faith. You can't borrow faithfulness. You can't borrow all of those things. You can't borrow any of those things. And that's what, that's what the oil in the lamp is. So it wasn't rude virgins that said, sorry, we can't help you. It's something you can't share. You need to do it yourself. You can't, you actually can't share or borrow obedience. Obedience comes through a walk of life with Jesus where you're continually obedient to him. And that's what, that's, this is it's something you can't borrow. So this is uh, this amazing thing that actually opened to me. Salvation is another thing. You can't solve, borrow salvation from, from Gunther or from Jock back. You can't borrow that. It's something you need to get yourself. And this five virgins which says that the form of godliness it wasn't salvation. It wasn't life. It wasn't faith. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. And that's, uh, so you, yeah, and that's uh, so maybe just to reiterate it again, your relationship that you've got with the Holy Spirit, we're on a daily basis. That relationship. And each one of us got. Even the smallest ones. Yeah, the, the younger ones are gone now. But even that smallest baby that we've heard this morning here, same Holy Spirit in that baby. That's in me, and that's in Jock and Armand, the bigger guys here. The bigger guys here. It's the same Holy Spirit, same amount of Holy Spirit in each one of us. It depends on what do we do with the Holy Spirit in us. Are we obedient and living according to Him, being obedient? And again, I want to just maybe there's something on, no, when we danced last week in front. When that happened, something broke open. I just felt it. This is what obedience does. So I want to encourage you guys, I did say it in the beginning, but just be obedient with God lies in your heart. Ask him, where do I need to be today? What kind, what do I need to do? Who do I need to bless today? If you're obedient in that, it's part of the oil that falls that lamp in of the day, that you all don't run out. So, so the oil, the other thing, that, that's the last thing baby, about the oil. The oil is personal, it's something for yourself. Each one's got their own oil. My oil is probably different than Roger's. It depends on... Um, the amount of oil, everything, uh, is totally different because each one, well, it's a personal thing. I can't share it with somebody. I guess the fruit can be shared, but oil itself can't be shared. Another thing I is that uh, if you look at verse 10, maybe, oh, my, if you can go to verse 10. Almost done with this before you go. Verse 10 says, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins were not ready to win with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. 
So what happens? Sometimes you can delay this decision of accepting Jesus. They delay to walk in a deep relationship. It's good enough that people recognize me for the fact that I carry my lamp, that I carry my Bible, that I'm doing all these good things. Although there's no life. And then I'll, I'll one day, I want to just enjoy everything else currently where I've got and that just the world is just too nice. I don't want to just commit now. That one day that, that Jesus is coming, you wouldn't know. The Bible says he's coming like a thief in the night. You won't know when it's happening. So that one day that is coming, if you're going to postpone this deeper relationship with Jesus, to what deeper walk with Jesus, deeper life through the Holy Spirit, you may be too late. And that's what happened with that, that foolish virgins. When they got there, uh, the doors were shut. And what did the bridegroom say to them? And I said, this is words I don't want to hear. And then if you want to hear it, then you don't want it. Uh, but the words was, I don't know you. This is what a bridegroom says. So they were preparing for this full, two, close to 2,000 years plus. They're on that day three that we're always talking about. They were part of the group. They were seen because of, this, of the righteous acts and stuff that they did. But they weren't prepared. They didn't, and that's why Jesus sometimes said, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, will get into me with in the kingdom of heaven. So these, these ladies came and they didn't have that oil. So what happened if, if the door was shut? He said, I don't know you. So verse 13 says, therefore keep watch. And as I said earlier, it's, it's, it watch means to be spiritually alive, to be awake, and to be alert for Jesus' is coming. We need to live every day as if he can come today. And, and we need to be seeking, seeking the Holy Spirit daily, filled with him daily. And that's just by being obedient on a daily basis, being obedient, being obedient to what he tells us. And then, uh, now we're getting closer to this wedding day. So if you look at, uh, that there's a deep connection. If you look at Revelation 19, verse 7 to 9, if you have I given that to you? Okay, will you? Okay, well, it's okay. But in Revelation 19, verse 7 to 9, it describes a spectacular wedding. And you can go and read it wherever you are. Spectacular wedding feast in heaven uh, when all God's children are united as one, with Jesus as the head. Uh, and this heavenly union this is, is described as the wedding supper of the Lamb. This is what we're all aiming for. This is what, we, what we've all been living for if we know Jesus and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So, uh, and that will be an eternal celebration. We think this time on earth that we know is, is, is long and we can enjoy it. This is nothing compared to that. And, and if you look at even weddings today on earth, some of these weddings and stuff, beautiful. If you look at just how, how, how people just love each other. But this will be a, like not, not even a match to what we one day receive in heaven. This is not. So in one day, if you look at Revelation, what happens? What, what do you think? What, what normally does with a bride and a bridegroom? We as a bridegroom will, be, will come and Jesus will actually usher us. He's the bridegroom. He will usher us, in, usher us into his kingdom, which he will be praying since 2,000 years ago, with all that many rooms. And into that garden as well, the chambers. Maybe that garden looks the same as what Eden looked, we don't know. But if you look at Revelation, it actually gets more spectacular. If you look at the last three chapters of Revelation, it's just beautiful. And oh, not too far from landing. Uh, but we learn that, and, and when we actually meet Jesus at that point in time, 
uh, when that bride, at the end of the day, that marriage happens, the marriage of the Lamb, which we all talk about. Uh, we'll actually learn, and this was quite that, that every pleasure, what we ever knew or dreamed of up till now, which we think is great and it's well, it's well uh, that will be like a shadow to what we will experience. And the other word that actually was striking, which I read about it, it will be like cardboard. Comparing cardboard to the real thing. This is what the difference will be for marriage of the Lamb on that side. And this is where we need to aim to, to be pure and spotless bride, unstained dress, and all of us form part of that bride. So all of us are part of that bride, and, and each one of us need to do our share. If one of us has got a stain, it defects the whole bride. Look, you can think of a bride's dress. Right? You saw that picture of the bride there in the beginning. If there's one little tear somewhere in that dress, that the whole dress doesn't look good. It's got damaged the whole dress in the day. So that's where we all need to encourage each other. And this is part of, uh, you've got 2 Corinthians 11, 2 for me. Uh, and this is what Paul says. I'm jealous for you for, for, for godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. So this is part of what we as a church need to do, and leadership in the church also needs to do, from, from the apostles right, apostles right through there. We need to help the bride uh, to be a pure, stainless bride. But you see, he's jealous. Uh, that he wants to present, so he wants to present the bride as a pure, spotless bride. Don't want any blemish, because he's seen Jesus. You don't want a bridegroom to, to receive a, 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 stain, a bride full of stains. Unpure bride. Okay, so this is short. I just want to, to land, I just want to talk about a few qualities of, of, of a soldier bride, of a bride that's pure, a bride that's stainless, that's pure and holy. I'm not going too much detail, but I'm not going to do a list. I've got 19 here, but I'm not going to go through 19. I'm just going to do five or six, just for, for sake of time. But one, the first characteristic or attribute, what do you want to call it, of a pure and stainless bride, of a bride that's pure and stainless, is that she's fully devoted and committed to a bridegroom. You can think to yourself, in a normal marriage like we've got, if the, if the bride, yeah, no, the bridegroom can do what he wants to, I'll do what I want to. Uh, I'm not respecting him, and I'm not committed to him, I'm not devoted to him. What will happen? That, we, that, that, that marriage will fall apart. So one first thing is that we need to be devoted and committed to the bridegroom. Now take that to the next level. We need to be devoted, committed to Jesus Christ, our bridegroom. And that was basically the scripture that we just shared. Another thing of a, of a, of a, of a, of a bride towards a bridegroom is that there needs to be compassion for a bride, bridegroom. Compassion both ways. There's no compassion. You don't need to be married. It's just, in, it's, it's just a formless relationship that you've got. There needs to be compassion. The other thing, and I've seen it at one or two weddings that I've been part of, and, uh, is that that bride must be head over heels in love with the bridegroom. I've thought of showing some pictures, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, but if you look at the ones that I've got, that, that you see that this that radiance from that bride when she sees that bridegroom. She actually only sees him. Because he's all that matters at that point in time. Head over heels in love. And this is how we need to be with our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, as well. Head over heels in love with him. 
And are you head over heels in love with him? That's my question. The next one. Uh, I love that. This must be formed and washed by the word of the bridegroom. This life that's been speaking from the bridegroom to the bride. There's a lot of bridegrooms and brides. Some of you married longer than others. What are the words that you're speaking to each other? What are the other way? How you communicate? How's your relationship? Because you're actually forming and, and, and washing the bride by whatever you say. And with, uh, going back to Jesus, if he's there's the bridegroom, he's the bride. We need to be formed by his word. word. This is the one way the word comes. The other way is that, that, that by, by people actually encouraging you. But we need to be formed and washed by this. And not accept anything else than this. I'm just going to uh, do another one or two. And this one is a lot, actually links a lot into by the one that, that said, fully in love, says, you have only have eyes for the bridegroom. I've seen uh, some of the weddings that I've been, that where the, if the bridegroom goes there, the bride's, the bride's eyes are there. The bridegroom's there, the bride's, there, the bride's eyes are there. And I've seen it, and I've seen it with these two. I've seen it with these two just that engage. I saw it with some of the other ones here as well. I've seen it with my own daughter's wedding two years, back, two years ago. Is the bridegroom goes there, the bride's there. There, there. So that's how we need to be of Jesus. So he's our bridegroom. So we just need to actually just follow him with our eyes and go where he goes, irrespective of what. Just be obedient and follow him wherever he goes, because he knows best. That's the one. Otherwise, faithfulness. You can't have a wedding if that bride is not faithful to the bridegroom. You cannot. Then there's a lot of other things happening. I won't go into that. Let's just do three more. Uh, generosity. If we've got a marriage, each one can't just be on their own and, and, and keep back. And uh, You must be generous with your time, with your everything else that you've got with each other. Be generous. We need to be generous with our time we give Jesus as our bridegroom, the time we spend with him, so we become more like him. I can just do uh, humble, gentle, patient, not arrogant and proud. If a bride starts getting arrogant and proud, and there's no humbleness. What does God say about his word? He says, he resists the proud. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. He resists the proud, but he loves the humble. So as a bride, we need to, and this is for the normal bride as well, we need to stay humble, gentle and patient with our bridegroom, irrespective of what he's doing. Physically, we're all human, so we make errors. Same thing, but we need to be that way. And the last one, I'm not going to do the rest, uh, is that we need to live a holy life, unstained purity. We talked about it previously. You can't just go and do what you want to do. You're committed to that person as the bridegroom. And you need to live a holy, committed, unstained life towards that person. There's a lot more. I'm not going to go through all of them. I think I want to land there. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we just, we need you. We just need you. We, we said in certain times, maybe other times it's different, but we, uh, we sometimes don't reflect you well. As, as, and we sometimes as a bride don't make you proud. We sometimes reflect that just as it is not well. We're not, we're not fully committed to you sometimes. We just... Sometimes these are own priorities that take that take first priority before you. There's, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives, and we just this morning want 
and I ask you, Holy Spirit, please just come and I'm starting with me, I begin with me. Will you just come and make me more like the bride you want me to be, or to be of? Will you just come and make me, come and remove any form of stain, any form of, of anything that could be some form of, is the tiniest little blemish in the that, in that, in that dress of that bride, of the bride towards the bridegroom. Will you just come and remove it? And, and then with that, will you just come and bring a new zeal in us, a new zeal in us to, to live fully as your bride, to live fully as your bride, to, to focus on you and not on the things around us that can distract what the, 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 the bride's view of the bridegroom. Will you just come and help us to live fully, fully for you and help us to, we just want to commit to you fully this morning. We just want to, you know, we want to make you proud as the bride of, 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 of the bridegroom and we want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for for your patience of us. I want to thank you for the fact that you've been patient for us as bride, uh, as your bride, because you want a full, pure, and stainless bride. And, uh, help us to be that. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.